Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. Wait a minute. Are we recording right now? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much for tuning in to the Drink of Ages radio show here at the venerable Drink of Ages pub on 1005 Wall Avenue in Houston, Texas. Uh, today, you might be wondering why John Demon is not the voice you're hearing right now. John Demon is on assignment in Honduras. So the voice you're hearing right now, Stephen Von Grimm from Distill Brewing in Central Illinois. But thankfully, I am not the only one manning this ship today. On the uh, actually, the only one doing any actual work today, Kevin DJ Muskratch. Thank you very much for being here, sir. You are the rock that we are clinging to today. Because, man, at any given time, it's only going to take a Texas two-step for this ship to crash on, I don't know, something to get overturned, just to go sinking. So I'm going to need your guidance to keep us going, to keep us ship shape. The only ship that we need is the one called Friendship. Hmm? Aww. Huh? How sweet. This radio program is free, by the way. It doesn't cost anything to listen to. So like I said before, I'm not the only one hosting the show tonight. Also joining me is Mr. David Flores from Southern Star Brewing Company up in Conroe. Uh, Southern Star, one of the, I would say, craft beer uh, uh, titans in, in Houston. I don't think that's any stretch. And also, Southern Star is going to be slated to do a anniversary coming up on 12 years in March. March and also, 7th, yeah. Mar- March 7th. And uh, we're going to get to that later. Also, we're going to tease a little bit of news. Maybe there's a collaboration in the works, but we'll get to that later. David, thank you very much for joining. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. Well, you don't have to Surrounded yell. Surrounded by good company for sure. So. Uh, we're going to get right to the guest because he's got a lot to plan, a lot to do. Uh, the Hustler of Hops over at Hop Stop and Umble. How about that alliteration? Uh, Mr. Rick Tyler, he uh, is coming Minister. up. He is uh, coming up on four years at Hop Stop. Yes. Uh, runs the uh, the taps. Uh, the man behind the bar also runs it with his partner in crime, Don the Duchess of Dank. Rick, thank you very much for coming on the show. Man, thanks for having me, Steve. I'm super excited to be here. Hi, John, in Honduras. Yeah, living the good living life your out there. best life. So, would you, uh, beforehand, we were talking a little bit. You were nice enough, or rather, the guys over at Ingenious were nice enough to supply you with some beers. Um, yeah, yeah. Our buddies right down the street at Ingenious Brewing, five minutes down the road. Um, they're always coming out with new, wonderful, interesting things. I reached out and said, hey, 
I'm going to be on the radio. There's no real brewery tie-in this week other than our hosts who work for some wonderful breweries. And uh, would you like me to bring some beer to share with them? And they said absolutely. So uh, earlier, before we started recording, we had a little taste of uh, one of their Berliner Weisses from their Smarty series. That was the French Soda. Which was, was tasty, absolutely delicious. Ab- yeah, it does not taste like its alcohol content. I believe Quaffable. it was six point eight percent. Like six eight. Yeah, they're, <laughs> uh, they're they're a kicked up Berliner, but their their recipe coupled with the fruit pairings that they do is just out of this world. They 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 do such a fantastic job. So uh, we had that, and then we had a little taste of the uh, double splat an Imperial Hazy IPA. And you poured us, so we've got taster glasses in front of us. Uh, what is it that we had? Is it the Bring Coffee? Uh, it's called Bring Coffee. This is a, uh, a breakfast stout that they just made uh, as one of their last can releases. Just a lovely little uh, breakfast stout. Just uh, Sadly, I don't work for them enough. <laughs> Uh, I don't for them. You mean you do all, not know the grain bill for this beer? No, man, I really don't. I, I can talk a little bit about the grain bill on the power. I don't know if, uh, like I said, I'm taking small sips because I do have to uh, talk and run today. Yeah, I've all got, of these are heavy hitters. Uh, they so really are. while we're sipping, uh, what's going on this Saturday? So this Saturday is our fourth anniversary party. Uh, I, I'm pretty humbled that four years ago we had an idea, we were able to execute it. People liked it, and we're still here. It's pretty fun. And uh, at the same time, we've watched the craft beer scene really explode in in the Lake Houston, Kingwood area, more breweries popping up, including our great friends at Ingenious. Um, And really excited about Saturday. I've got a lot of interesting things we're going to be tapping, uh, a lot of really awesome barrel-aged stouts, uh, some fun IPAs, and I've even got some fun... uh, Fun thing is on the lighter side. I've got uh, some really neat stuff like Sigma's Lager Beer and uh, oh, that's a good one. A, a, yes, absolutely, and and just some other Talk about really a crispy boy. Yeah, right on, man. We we've got some really good stuff on all the spectrums, but we're gonna have some really badass heavy hitters on the uh, on the stout side. I've saved a keg of Hammer Smash Face from Brash and. Uh, we're going to have some really wonderful barrel-aged things from Martin House pretty much all day long. I've got a lot of their kegs on hand that I've been kind of hoarding. So uh, really excited to get the thing started. Uh, Sigma also uh, made us a special keg of their Murray Fug and Christmas uh, stout. I said Fug with a G um, for... Um, for our anniversary party, they did a version of it last year, and it's basically their their base MFC, we'll call it, uh, where they add a little bit of a tincture they make with molasses, pecans, and Madagascar vanilla beans to kind of give it a little pecan pie kick, uh, and it's very delicious. So we're looking forward to that. It's What's the name of that beer. We call it the Minister's Nuts. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's Minister a of beer and his pecan tree above the bar. So what time does uh, do things get started on Saturday? Uh, we open at noon. We're on noon until we can stay up until 1, 1 a.m. So as long as people are showing up, we're going to stay open. Uh, we have live music pretty much nonstop from 1 p.m. until 10. Uh, even between band switches, I've got some of the guys that jam with us on the patio. 
that are going to pop up and play little fill-in sets in between the band changes. So non-stop live music. We're going to have a barbecue pop-up with our friends from Double Back Barbecue. Great tap lineup. Uh, what is shaping up to be a really beautiful day on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Uh, been through some really rainy anniversary parties, and I'm looking for Mother Nature to give me a sunny one this Saturday. So. You touched a little bit on this before when you're saying that uh, you were four years um, in the business and still around. Uh, what have you seen change dis- besides the amount of breweries that have opened? What have you liked? What have you not liked in the beer business that you've been witness to? I mean, four years is enough of an ebb and flow to see somewhat of a pattern or some things shake shape or some things fall by the wayside. Right. Um, I love the direction the state's going. I love the fact that we've got a lot of uh, craft brewery explosion. Um, I fear that within the next year or two, we may see some of the ones that might not have the best business acumen or the best beer kind of fall by the wayside. I think we'll see a little bit of attrition over the next year or two along with the continued explosion and, and the cream's going to rise to the top. Yes. Um, there's a lot of growth. It really is just, I mean, everybody's Houston's exploding. The greater Houston area is exploding. I live way up on the north side in the burbs and right now the burbs are growing around me into just more metropolis and it's just you know it, there's always going to be competition and you know as long as people keep moving to the area and keep adding to the to the to the pile of money that people allocate to the craft beer pie then uh, everything's going to be great so i I've, I've said before um, that more beer makes for better beer yeah i Agreed. i i don't think that the houston beer scene is oversaturated and that term is thrown around a lot when is the craft beer bubble gonna pop i don't think we've hit that yet um, and with more guys that get into the business, I think it makes people, or at least it should, motivate people to make better beer. And local does not necessarily mean good. So with what you said before, some guys are around, have been around, um, because they may have been the only game in town. But, hey, um, if, if another brewery opens up next door to a brewery that's making less than the best beer that they can, the customers are going to determine where they go with their dollar. They're going right, to determine right, right. Who, who sticks around with their buying power. So there we go. Um, uh, congratulations on um, upcoming four years. Um, anything else that you want us to know about HopStop? Um, actually, you know, we're, we're still there in Humble. Uh, we still have a wonderful tap list. It rotates constantly. Um, other than that, no, we're really looking forward to a great anniversary party. We've got some awesome bands lined up. There will be a $10 cover, but you get 10 hours of live music for $10. That's a dollar an hour to, to spend the whole day there listening to great music. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good bargain. Do you see, have you seen your customer base gravitate towards a certain style of beer, a certain type of beer? Um, or do you feel that it's generally all over? People are still broadening their uh, craft beer horizons. 
it's still kind of an IPA haze craze. I, I, mean, I have 16 taps, and between IPAs and stouts, that covers nine of my 16 taps. So that'll kind of give you an idea of what people want. Um, but I like to, I, I, I make sure I have a good variety all the time. Uh, try to have something for everyone. Um, definitely try to make sure I have something for everyone on tap. But it's definitely the IPA haze craze, uh, lactose IPAs, fruited sours. That's kind of the hot things right now. That's the phase that we're they're, in right now. They're quaffable and delicious. Uh, and then you, you know, you see little factions. You've got the West Coast IPA crowd. You've got, you know, clean beer crowd. And then you've got the hazy crowd. And I don't think there's anything wrong with any of it. As long as people keep making really tasty versions of both, I'm going to continue to drink both and enjoy them. And why not? Beer's supposed to be fun, people. Absolutely. It's not that yeah, serious, folks. On that one. It's not that serious, folks. It's just beer. It's supposed to be fun. It go. It gets. Uh, goes back to. Do you like what's in your glass? So keep on right. drinking it. Uh, so last thing I would like to talk about is y'all know that I'm involved in a secondary venture where we are growing hops hydroponically here in the Houston area, and uh, we are still scheduled for a harvest. I've been on the show previously and talked about a harvest that got a little delayed. Well. Uh, we were late planning this year, and Mother Nature only allows daylight to last so long in the winter months, and daylight ran out on us, and the hops kind of didn't want to continue to flourish. Well, we've uh, officially started spring at, at the hop farm, uh, and the hops are super robust and growing right now. Uh, the extra time has given the root system, the root balls, and the and the stalks really time to just explode in growth. And now we're looking at you know sometime in March, early April, for a pretty robust, fresh, wet harvest. And we're really excited to get back with the people we were initially partnering with to do some fresh, wet hop beers to get those rolling here in the next couple of months. So it's another thing to look out for. So March and April, or March, uh, March or uh, April. Uh, that's when the hops will be ready for harvest. So I would look for sometime in the April months. Okay. Uh, April into early May that you'll see some good fresh wet hop beers hitting the market from local breweries. And that's Republic Hops. That is Republic Hops, yes. Uh, the website, RepublicHops.com. Uh, I believe it's RepublicHops.com. We have a Facebook page. Just look for Republic Hops. Texas grown, Texas owned. So... There we have it. Republic Hops, Rick Tyler, Hop Stop and Humble, a fourth anniversary party happening this Saturday. And we are going to go to our first break. Uh, this is Drink of Ages Radio Show. We'll be right back. Drink of Ages Pub, where the beers are full flowing and the hot dogs are rolling.
All right, we're going to take a break from uh, some music. I'm hanging out with my friend Mark Nichols from Quality Draft. And hanging out here to talk about like the importance of having clean beer lines and having a system, a draft system, that works for what you want it to work for. What's going on, Mark? Hey, John. How are you? Thanks well, man, for having I'm, me. I'm doing well. And I uh, actually want to appreciate you guys coming out and checking on our system because we had a little situation happen today where I walked in and there was a CO2 leak inside the cooler. And so I'm like, Mark, I need you to come out here and you know check this. And he came out, fixed, not a problem at all, and... Nobody passed out. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. Which is a good thing. Yes, and now the beer is back to the pressure it needs to be at, and we're pouring great pints. Indeed. So uh, if you are a new bar or something, because I, I, I do stop by and have pints at different places around Houston. And there's everyone, every once in a while I get to a place, somebody invites me over there. I'm like, I'll go check it out, and I'll drink a beer. A beer that I know what it tastes like, what it's supposed to taste like, because there's a couple of the best beers ever made by you know mankind that you can find all over the place. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, mm-hmm. uh, Dell's Pale Ale is another one. Two phenomenal beers that you can find in a lot of places. And sometimes you go to those bars like, oh, give me a Dell's Pale Ale, and you drink it, and you're like, man, that tastes bad. There's something wrong with the setup, and mm-hmm. and it's usually not the keg. It's usually not the keg. No, not coming from those breweries. So. It's the lines. It's the draft system. Well, number one problem is is going to be um, cheap metal components. Um, so beer is this, beer has natural acidity since it's carbonated. In the carbonation process, you create carbonic acid, and um, acidity reacts to brass. And most of the um, most of the components for a draft system are made of brass. So that reaction that occurs will off-flavor the beer. Going a step further, your cleaning regimen can also cause things like lactobacillus or pediococcus to grow in the line, producing diacetyl or kind of, you know, a sour milk flavor. So All these things that you probably don't want you no, know, pouring in your glass of beer. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine. Uh, I know how we take care of the lines here. And then once a month, you know, we get them deep clean just to make sure. And, and even then sometimes some of the beers, there's some residue that's built up and some almost like sludge-like stuff in that short mm-hmm. period of time after one keg. And there's some places that are out there that are just going from one keg to another to another to another, not mm-hmm. really focusing on, you know, they're just trying to get pints out there and not really focusing on the quality of the pint. And so that's where quality drive comes in. They, they can come out, make sure all the lines are clean. If you're a brand new company, you guys do the whole, you do the whole build out and everything. We sure do. And we really, really encourage people to go with stainless steel and barrier tubing for every contact point from the keg to the faucet, everywhere in between. And because I guarantee you the brewery wants the beer taste better than what it tastes like at the brewery. And there's only a few places that I've been where you can say that that actually happens. Well, quality draft system, if, if we're allowed to do it, um, you know, the way we design it, the, if that's all fits the budget, then the system we're producing is going to preserve the brewmaster's intent from the first glass out of the keg all the way to the last. You will never know that glass you got served was the last one in the keg. 
I know you've done a lot of work for places all over town. I mean, hell, you helped me uh, get this system, build this system here at Drink of Ages. Yes. Um, Spindletop Brewery is also pouring some fantastic pints, you know, for your help. And now, I mean, since you started your own company, Quality Draft, uh, you've just been busy. So many places are opening up, and I see pictures on Facebook, yeah, and there you are building a whole badass system, long draw system. I never dreamed it, too. It was like, um, it was one of those things where I felt like I've got to do this, but I'm never going to get business. I'm, you know, I'll get something here or there, It's, but I still, I have to do this, because I, I want to, I love this, and, you know, honestly, I want to believe that the you know the market's ready to for systems to be you know that next step quality the consumer demand the people following the craft breweries everybody wants better pints of beer so if you're opening and thinking about opening up a new bar or if you just think you might have issues with the bar or you just need somebody to come out and do routine maintenance how do they get in touch with you well the easiest way is on my cell 713-283-2999 now, those numbers are on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page, and on our website, um, qualitydraft.com. It's draft is spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T. I remember that. <laughs> I had a whole, whole lesson uh, not that long ago. Live. Live. <laughs> All right, Mark. Let's go get another beer, buddy. All right. Radio show. We're back. Hopefully, you are as well. Uh, hopefully, we have listeners still at this point. Guys, we need you. We really need you. There's, there's a certain integrity to the show. I don't want to let John Denman down. He entrusted David and I to carry on the professionalism, the quality that you get at Drink of Age Radio. 
in case anybody uh, was wondering, this is uh, in case anybody was tuning in for the first time and wondering what this show was all about, we um, kind of had to rush through the intro because Mr. Rick Tyler, uh, I wanted to, to give him uh, enough time to talk about what he was doing, what's going on this Saturday. Again, uh, very briefly, that is uh, Hop Stops in Humble, their fourth anniversary party going on. Um, I wanted to make sure he had all the time he needed to go over what um, what he needed to. But Drink Advantage Radio, we talk about craft beer, try and talk about craft beer and all things surrounding. Sometimes we steer from that course and other topics get brought in. Um, but David and I were doing a little bit of show prep beforehand and talking about what we could do, what we have, I don't know, I don't know if you call it authority on, but uh, <laughs> Mr. Flores and I are ready to answer any of your calls, give you advice on love, on loss, uh, on uh, it, Valentine's Day is coming up, and if you're looking for suggestions, uh, maybe you don't know what to get to your part, uh, get your partner. We can handle that. Welcome uh, to Loveline. Um, I mean, if you've got any intimacy issues, we can handle <laughs> that. We can steer the course. All right, so let's go to the first caller. There's no caller. There's no calls. That is a dark board. Um, all right, so hey, you know, worries. Board is um, open. Please let me call. <laughs> what I can, let me, I'll give you one for free, you know. Uh, on your dating profile, um, putting on there that you have an honorary doctorate in ufology is not going to be the conversation starter that you think it's going to be. That sounds like first hand experience right there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, also, um, you know, put. If you are, like, put on your profile that you're good at massages and don't type strong hands all in caps. Um, I mean, just some tips, you know, some random tips to throw out there. Fingers like hot dogs. Anybody, anybody can use those tips. Um, so while we wait for anybody to call in... Again, uh, the board is open. Uh, David, uh, you recently went to uh, Royal Rumble. I had a very, very busy, nerdy weekend um, with professional wrestling. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, a lot of folks from the industry are actually closet wrestling fans, um, whether they like to admit it or not. Um, and if you have never been to a live show, I highly recommend it. Um, it does get a little rowdy. You see people tailgating. They're drinking in the parking garages and... Um, once they get inside that arena, um, they're really uh, letting their freak flag fly for the most part. So, <laughs> so for anybody that is unaware, um, that maybe has only heard of pro wrestling by name, uh, what's a Royal Rumble? Uh, Royal Rumble is something that actually kind of starts the professional wrestling calendar to lead into the biggest pay-per-view of the year, which is WrestleMania. Uh, which is usually held in April. Uh, this year they're actually doing it in Tampa, Florida. Um, it'll actually be at the football stadium, so it'll be an open-aired wrestling event. Um, a lot of fireworks and usually, hopefully, some uh, very, very entertaining matches. So uh, what what is your draw? I have my own answers to this because uh, I'm I was a as as a kid I, I watched pro wrestling, but um, my knowledge of wrestling 
I really followed only up until let's say '90s or early 2000s. Oh, when that the, was like classics. Yeah. When, when was NWO? Oh, geez. The start. I think that of, was like '96, '97. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe after that '98. Uh, but that ultimate heel turn from uh, Hulk Hogan. And uh, he painted on his beard. Yeah, <laughs> he got the uh, the ultimate five o'clock shadow going. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, was, it got it, even more tan and jacked. It was him, Diesel, and Razor Ramon. Yes, that's those who started. Were, those were the original three. And that was still the the break between WWF, uh, WWF and WCW. Yeah, that was after uh, Razor and Diesel actually defected from WWF, and uh, yeah, they were bleeding the charge on going against Vince McMahon and uh, yeah teased it they were actually a tag team called the Outsiders um, yeah just a fantastic time to be a wrestling fan back then um, I actually stopped watching for a while um, yeah something happened and I did not like it or appreciate it um, so I stopped watching for a good amount of years and recently just started watching again, probably about three or four years ago. And, um, yeah, everybody that was watching back then are still actually watching. And it's great to run into different bar accounts or buyers at grocery stores and stuff like that. And yeah, they know that I'm going to these events or they know that I actually watch and we have something different to talk about, um, instead of just walking in and selling beer to an account we can actually make a, a relationship and nerd out over some some cool things so i like um yeah i i was more familiar with classic wrestling um i caught the tail end of the hulk hogan animated cartoon mm-hmm. hulk hogan and friends i, I don't know i, I am not the, familiar with that yeah there was an animated <laughs> cartoon that's redundant but uh a cartoon where uh it tied into a toy line um and it was goofy caricatures of Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, um, Macho Man, uh, Lou Albano. Was this on? Like Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. Yeah, uh, Captain the, Lou Albano. <laughs> this is where you had also then all of the wrestling figures that um, were not posable, that were kind of standing all in Ys. Oh yeah. Um, or the uh, the the uh, the WWF Pillow Pals. The the uh, yep. yep. I think um, I had an Ultimate Warrior one. So I wish I still knew where that was. I'm pretty sure it's worth some money right now. For me, it it was it was almost like theatrics. Um, and you know, Joe Rogan has said that you know wrestling is fake. I mean, it's not like it's definitely a sport. These guys are definitely athletes. Like you want. That's call- funny that he's saying that because UFC seems to be getting more wrestling esque with their promos that they're cutting. Or wrestlers um, coming in. There's some cross cross bleeding. Like yeah. you want to tell Rey Mysterio that he's not an athlete. Um, some of these guys that are jumping off of top ropes, um, um, yeah, I, I or I, I don't know, like Andre the Giant, right? Obviously, a huge dude. That man could drink some beer. He can drink some beer. There's what the story that him and Hogan drank hundred beers on a flight. Was that Hogan? I it, it was it was Andre, and then the other story that I know about. He was about, doing the uh, beat Boggs challenge before Boggs did it. Well, he was, I mean, you put a beer in that man's hand, and it just kind of, he could he could palm that and make it do a, a disappearing trick. Oh, yeah. Um, the other Andre the Giant story that I know is that because of his size, uh, in any hotel room, uh, Andre 
could not, if he wanted to do his business, he had to use the tub because he could not fit on a normal toilet. That sounds wild. <laughs> so, I mean, but uh, his is a, there was the, the documentary about Andre the Giant and how, how. I vaguely remember watching that. How I probably need to go awesome and revisit was. that because I, I heard that it was good. Um, and how Vince McMahon, he, he, uh, Andre just was he nice to everybody. Marketed him more as an attraction than an actual person. And Andre was able to, to get somewhat of a film career, commercial career. Um, the Princess Bride and the, all that good stuff. Right. Uh, the Princess uh, But just the amount of pain that that guy was in because of his of, uh, gigantism. Um, and Austin, who works behind the bar here, we get to talk about... Yeah, he was actually at Rumble with me. And the night before at Toyota Center on Saturday. Just old school wrestlers or who's yeah. still around. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a who whole... Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Macho Man. Of course. Yes. That was that was my probably one or number two. It always flips back between him and Shawn Michaels. One of my uh, formative... Uh, I remember watching uh, wrestling and uh, seeing um, Macho Man get bit in the face by one of uh, Jake the Snake's snakes. Oh, it was biting him in the bicep while he was tied up in the ropes. Okay, I saw that. Yeah. But it was when they Oh, were, was there another one? There was, I forget the what it, like when they were both talking to Mean Gene and just latches onto his face and it's, it's Jesus. Just, mm. Right, yeah, just, that's when I, I was watching wrestling and thinking, I, that was that suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah, okay, this, there's aspects of this that are definitely real. Wrestling back then was so great. It was storytelling. These wrestlers, these people were able to actually jump into their character and own it. And it wouldn't be just at the arena for that event. They actually lived that gimmick. And it was fantastic. So, uh, again, uh, wrestling talk. If uh, there was anybody that was interested in us also Lines handling, are still open. handling your relationship questions. Any tips, David? Any tips, tip, uh, um, uh, things, pointers that you can give? Ooh. I don't know. I'm in a pretty nice relationship, so I've been out of the dating game for a little bit. Sorry, ladies or gents. Uh, Equal yeah. opportunity. You yeah, have to. For sure. Any attention is Just, good attention. Yeah. Don't be an ass. Be friendly. Um, well, with that, are we ready for our... Yep, no problem. So let's let's take our second break. Uh, Drink of Ages radio show. Uh, thank you for tuning in so far. When you're yeah, here, we have your family.
Houston. This is Jared Montgomery, brewmaster at Megaton Brewery. If you have not heard of us, we're a new brewery in Kingwood. Come check out our air-conditioned tap room. Enjoy our free play arcade games, air hockey, pool table, outdoor patio games, and of course food trucks all weekend. Try our tasty brews or grab a pint of our favorite beers made by our friends across the great state of Texas. Megaton serves wine as well. Our tap room is open Friday and Saturday and beginning September 8th, we are open noon to six for football season. Find us on Facebook for hours, events, and special beer releases. Thanks so much. Spindle Tap is one of Houston's fastest growing craft breweries. From the highly sought after hazy IPAs to its year round core beers, Boomtown Blonde, Honey Hole, Hop Gusher, 5% Tint, and Houston Haze. Available at retailers all around Houston and surrounding areas. Stop by one of the nicest air conditioned tap rooms in Houston, Thursday through Sunday, conveniently located 8 miles north of downtown off 59 in Little York. Come hungry and try some of our award winning barbecue and wood fire pizza from Texas. Go visit our website at spindletap.com and give us a like on Facebook. Are you thinking of buying, selling, or renting a house? Let my good friend Amber Sear with Stanfield Properties help with all your real estate needs. She is your real estate connection. Amber is a second-generation real estate agent and holds herself to the highest ethical standards. She is a member of the National Association of Realtors, Texas Association of Realtors, and Houston Association of Realtors. Work with a knowledgeable native Houstonian who I know well and I trust. Whether buying, selling, or renting, Contact Amber Sear from Sandfield Properties. Her email address is ambersear.realtor at gmail.com. That's ambercyr.realtor at gmail.com. Or call her at 832-715-5455. Again, that's 832-715-5455. All right, if you guys need anything like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or yeah, you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man. You need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware. Your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for CaskBranding.com, Rodney Campbell, and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages, and man, he'll take care of you. Show coming in for a landing. This is the third and final segment. Thank you very much for joining us thus far. This is the easy one. This is where David and I get to talk about what we actually feel comfortable with. And yeah, not shameless that shameless plugs. Also, you know what? Before we even get to this, I uh, just want to say thank you, John, for letting two hooligans mm. come in on a. Yeah, 
his time or his radio show and uh yeah just let us kind of do our thing and he, he, he cast he cast that net out on the social media and this is what was dragged up from the bottom of oh, the lake i think this this idea got stirred up at like 1 30 or something in the morning yep, absolutely <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we we had a couple of cocktails or something in us pretty much I going can, back and forth <laughs> it's i'm i this was the hardest that i've sold john on anything Talking about, come on, man, you know that this is going to be good content. Yeah. Even if I, I was talking to Austin yesterday, even if I, not that this was going bad, um, let's say hypothetically speaking, I had a panic attack in the middle of the show. That was going to be, con- I mean, it's going to be content yeah. and it's going to be entertaining. It would have been great if it was on, on like, Facebook Live or something like that. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, I have a panic attack. I have to leave. And then you just hear me shouting from the corner uh, asking if the room is getting smaller. And then you carry the show. No problem. Yeah, and that would just be a lot of dead air and uh. <laughs> but that hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. Uh, this is where we get to talk about what we respectively do in the craft beer industry. Uh, again, I work for Distill. We are out of central Illinois. David, he works for Southern Star. And we tease it at the beginning of the show um, we have something in the works. Yes. We have a collaboration beer. Uh, David, I believe this is going to be the first collaboration that you guys yes. have been a part of. Uh, thanks to that law that got uh, passed uh, through the Texas legislature last year. Um, and I don't think it's been widely talked about up until this point. So, uh, No, but the few people that we have mentioned it to, they're all on board. Absolutely. And I don't think, I mean, like, come on, it's easy money, guys. Uh, so we are going to be doing a collaboration, two collaboration beers, Distill and Southern Star. Uh, I believe the one for Texas is slated for July. At least that's what you have on your guys' yes. schedule. Um, I'm actually going to be at the brewery tomorrow, so I'm going to try to pick uh, our owner and fearless leader, Dave Boucheron's uh, brain a little bit and Try to get some some more rumblings underneath his feet, and yeah, we need to really get this ball rolling uh, to make it a successful launch. Uh, so, what you guys had in mind, or what we were talking about, spitballing as far as being the Texas beer is going to be a grapefruit goza. Yeah. Going to be using Texas grapefruits. We've never released a sour beard, so we're we're super stoked on this. Our uh, uh, head brewer Taylor Gibson is uh, pumping out great beer like nobody's business right now um and we're really kind of expanding and uh coming out of our our i would say comfort conservative zone? shell like comfort zone um and i think that all started with our octoberist uh russian imperial stuff that you can find out in the market right now so uh ready audience if you had any suggestions as far as what this beer could possibly be named uh, by all means, let us know for uh, uh, via social media. Yes, for sure. Um, also, both of our breweries are turning 12 this year, so if we can... I mean, we pitched uh, uh, a Rush-themed, uh, I guess, title for this beer, and uh, somebody was on board, but somebody... It wasn't, wasn't going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't going to fly by all parties. Not everyone is as big of a Rush fan. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. There's so he, other suggestions. Uh, also, uh, RIP Neil Pert. How about it? Uh, he had to get lowered into his drum uh, equipment. <laughs> That's the only thing I know. Oh, and that one guy from Dream Theater uh, won the Neil, Port, uh, Neil Pert Drummer Award. 
Um, as far as the distill end of things, though, we are thinking a grapefruit pale ale or a grapefruit IPA. Um, we are both known. Pretty damn good. We are both known again using the uh, Texas grapefruit, but we are both known separately for for uh, separate th- uh, for uh, different um, aspects, uh, different things that we focus on that we specialize in. Distill. We lean heavy on the sours. Uh, that's what we started with. That's what we still is easily half of our of our um, portfolio. portfolio. Uh, Flores, if you were to say, I don't know, not the pigeonhole, but really try and sum up what Southern Star tries to go for with their beers, what would you think it is? Uh, clean, consistent, easy-drinking beer. But, I mean, we, like I said, we are coming out of our show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we have, I believe, seven or eight new beers that are just on our calendar coming out this year. Um and that's not going to be including any of the draft-only options that uh, we're still coming up with ideas and test batching at the brewery every Thursday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, first off, uh, yeah, New Year, we're coming out with the brown ale that should be hitting the market uh, starting this week, actually. It's called Barley Coherent. Um, it's actually our owner's recipe that he used to brew in his dorm at Texas a University. Um, and a collab with the Barley Coherent Homebrew Club out of the city. What else you got in the pipe? Uh, Strawberry Blonde, which was a huge fan favorite last year. Um, Actually just got packaged and kegged yesterday, so that will be getting picked up by our distributor next week, Uh, so definitely be looking out for that in the market. Um. And we're actually having a release party February 8th at the brewery for our Strawberry Blonde. Um, People are really looking forward to this beer. They've been asking for it like crazy um, ever since last summer whenever we actually ran out of stock. But we did up production, so we will not have that problem this year. Um, I think we already brewed four batches, so get ready to see it everywhere um, and enjoy that beer. Um, Let's see. Also, our anniversary party March 7th. At our uh, awesome brewery that is family-friendly, kid-friendly, dog-friendly. We'll have live music with Folk Family Revival. Crawfish, I believe, also as well. Crawfish. I'm sure there will be barbecue and um, possibly tacos. Everybody loves tacos. And maybe some surprise brews to be put on tap? Uh, I'm sure we'll have something barrel-aged coming out of our cellar. We have a few casks that have been sitting. Um, I think we have some Whitmire's casks. that I'm trying to get Dave to ca- uh, crack open. So, uh, Also, that'll be the release date for our Echo and Conroe, our Mexican solid lager, that, again, we could not keep that beer in stock last year. So um, everybody has been emailing and Facebook messaging the brewery asking for Strawberry Blonde and Echo and Conroe. Um, hang on, it's coming. So be thirsty and get ready. So in regard to all things distill, we are gearing up for a big march ourselves. Um, we released our 2020 calendar. I believe that should be somewhere online. Um, but we are going to be still doing our Deadhead IPA series. We will be in the middle of our time for Extended Jam, which is uh, more of a tropical, hazy IPA. We are dry hopping with... Uh, Mosaic, uh, Galena, and uh, El Dorado hops, 6.8%. Also in March, that marks when we are um, 
going to have a big release of Hawaii Five Ale, which is our tropical blonde ale. We had a really good response last year. It's an easy drinking, I remember that easily one. That approachable uh, blonde ale with five different fruits, pineapple, coconut, mango, peaches, papaya. That was the recipe as of last year. I don't see any reason why we would change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then also for our uh, sours, we're going to be doing pina colada goza again. Um, we made some changes this year as far as our sour game. We are releasing some of our all of our year-round sours in six packs instead of four packs. But the stuff that you'd find, our seasonals and limiteds, those are still going to be available just in the four packs. We want to make people have to sort of seek those ones out. Uh, but still going strong. Uh, we had a pretty good year last year. Um, very thankful for the people that have enjoyed our beers. And um, I don't know about you, but uh, once the weather starts clicking up uh, in Texas, um, sours just seem to taste a little bit better. Um, when is uh, y'all's anniversary? Good question. Hate to put you on the spot. Yep. Now, uh, if there are plans, I have yet to be told about them. Uh, but again, as far as that collaboration, we are yeah. still looking for July, and that's going to be a big push when we do that. It's going to be fantastic. I'm super excited for this project. Um, and like you were saying, this is the first time we've ever been able to do anything like this. So, yeah, I am extremely excited, and I know everybody at the brewery is, too. And there we have it. Um, our first foray, maybe last foray yeah. into uh, into substitute teaching the Drink of Ages radio show. Um, John, I hope we uh, lived up to your expectations. Yeah. Again, thank you very much for the spot. Thank you, DJ Muskratch. Thank you very for, uh, much for this, all of uh, you that have listened. Um, and uh, sweet dreams and a pleasant tomorrow.